Are you a passionate Wisconsinite? Or do you enjoy hearing inspiring people talk about their lives and their stories? If so, you're in the right place. Welcome to Wisco Legacy. Boy, are we in for a treat today. On today's episode, we have Michael Johnson. Michael is the president and CEO of the Boys and Girls Clubs of Dane County. I'm so excited to have Michael on. When I created this podcast, he was high up on my list of people I wanted to talk to. He is making a true impact for thousands of young people in the Dane County area through the work he's doing with the Boys and Girls Club. His story is truly remarkable. If you missed the trailer for this episode, uh, we talk about uh, his struggles he had early on. He grew up in the projects in Chicago in poverty. Uh, He did not uh, read or write at a collegiate level when he finished high school. And uh, look at him now. He's he leads the fastest growing boys and girls club in the entire country. He's doing some incredible work and I'm just so honored to have him on the the episode today. Uh, With that, let's dive on into episode 28 of Wisco Legacy with the president and CEO of the Boys and Girls Clubs of Dane County, Michael Johnson. This is Michael Johnson, president and CEO of Boys and Girls Clubs of Dane County, and this is my Wisco Legacy. Welcome to Wisco Legacy. I'm your host, Corey Kundert. I'm excited to bring on Michael Johnson today. Michael is the president and CEO of the Boys and Girls Clubs of Dane County. Michael, welcome to Wisco Legacy. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So you grew up in Chicago. Can you talk a little bit about your upbringing in Chicago? Yeah, so uh, you know, I spent the first uh, 23 years of my life uh, living in uh, Chicago uh, Housing Authority and high-rises uh, uh, on the uh, west and the north side of uh, Chicago and grew up uh, in neighborhoods that was uh, infested with gangs, drugs, and uh, prostitution. And I'm actually thankful, you know, that I grew up uh, in that environment because when I look at what I'm doing today, um, it really helped ground uh, me as the uh, CEO of Boys and Girls Clubs of Dane County. Um, I was a kid that, you know, grew up in extreme poverty. I was a kid who also went to the Boys and Girls Club at the school, you know, every day. I was a kid who played sports, but I also went to one of the lowest performing um, high schools in uh, the state of Illinois. I ended up graduating, I couldn't read, I couldn't write at collegiate level. And it almost took me uh, nine years to um, get a uh, a college degree uh, because when I went to uh, Malcolm X College on the west side of Chicago, I had to take two and a half years of preparatory courses Uh, because I couldn't uh, pass the uh, entrance exam. And I got to tell you, that was the best thing that ever uh, happened to me because that helped to build my foundation. And now 20 years later, I got an MBA, I got a bachelor's degree. I have about 20 certifications from Harvard Business School, from, um, from Cornell University, Indiana University, and I can go on and on and on. Yeah, you you definitely persevered through that. Uh, you've had uh, a lot of a lot of challenges growing up in that environment, I'm sure. Uh, can you talk about some uh, some areas where you've learned from those challenges growing up in that environment, and how you're using that in your your work today? Yeah, so I saw you know a lot of the friends. Um, um, unfortunately, some are um, no longer with us, and some are. Um, doing good things, and some are, um, are, have been incarcerated and have 
gone through the criminal justice system. Um, and I think it really hit me when uh, about 20 years ago, when I was working for Chicago Public Schools, um, my principal was still the principal at Jadam Smith Elementary School. And I remember him asking me to come and give the commencement speech there. And I was so excited to uh, talk to these young people. And that was my first time uh, being asked to like speak at a large gathering like that. So I had, I got to tell you, Corey, I spent probably a month uh, writing a commencement speech that was about 50 some pages long. And, uh, and I remember walking in that building and they had all these eighth grade graduation pictures dating back to like 1970. And I think I graduated 83, 84, something like that. And out of 23 young men that had graduated with me, only four of us are still alive. And so uh, the four of us got together, myself, Vincent, Kier, Antoine, and we said, why were we given grace? And there was um, four things that we all had in common. Um, we all were members of school programs. Uh, we were all um, pretty much either had internships or we were working. We all came from single families, uh, single family homes, and we were all um, connected to a community of faith. So to answer your question, what I learned, um, you know, growing up in that environment is that. Uh, I tried to surround myself around the right people. Um, I did not want to go to jail. Uh, I obviously did not want to be killed uh, like many of my friends uh, on the west side of Chicago. Uh, and I also, uh, during those times, had a lot of, uh, uh, I failed a lot. And, and I think um, I was surrounded by a lot of people who were a lot smarter than me, and that helped me. Uh, persevere, you know, through college. It helped me uh, through my career. I always try to hang around people and even hire people uh, who are smarter than I am. Yeah. You mentioned failure in there. Failure is a big driving force for people to um, make changes in their life. Um, can you talk about some of the failures you've had? I know you mentioned uh, you had a, a LinkedIn post a few weeks ago. You had some failures listed in there. Can you talk about some of those and what you learned from that? Yeah, so people see a lot of these wins that we have at Boys and Girls Clubs, and uh, a lot of those wins came uh, because I failed a lot. And it first started, uh, you know, back in uh, in the nineties. Uh, I was accepted to a Big Ten university, and uh, and this is before I went to Malcolm X. And back in the nineties, uh, this incident had made national news where. Um, the coaches had dressed up in Ku Klux Klan outfits and pretended like they were going to lynch us. Um, we ended up suing the university. Uh, I walked away with about a million dollars at 19 years old. Uh, I came home uh, on day one after receiving those funds and gave away about $275,000 to family and friends. Uh, I bought a restaurant on the south side of Chicago. I opened up a record label. And six months later, I was broke. Um, and that was, um, I got to tell you, just a, uh, at the time, I thought it was a horrific experience. But it ended up being, um, uh, because I didn't earn that money, I didn't respect it. And that's why I went to school and got all, all of my degrees are in business. I didn't have the business acumen to um, do financial forecast in the market, you know, my business to run an analysis to even see if it was worth purchasing a restaurant 
uh, on the west side of Chicago. So I failed at that. Then I would say uh, uh, another uh, failure, um, I would say, and I wouldn't necessarily call it a failure. You know, when I was in school, I just wasn't, you know, when I was a student at Malcolm X, uh, I just wasn't the smartest person and didn't feel um, worthy of even being there. Um, because I would just see students thrive in that environment. And I was sitting in the back of the class, like, God, I just don't know this stuff. And then, um, and even, you know, when I met my wife, I remember when I was getting my MBA and I was going to school, um, it was the math classes that got to me. And, uh, and while I started selling in other spaces, I remember the controller for Philadelphia Public Schools at the time where I was working, ended up being my tutor and got me through that. And so what I've learned that when you fail, uh, sometimes failure can be a good thing. You know, you learn from those things, you turn uh, the page from those things, you try to learn from your mistakes, uh, and then you try to rectify them and self-correct them and, and try to minimize them from happening again. Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned you were part of the, the Boys and Girls Club growing up. Uh, is that where your passion for nonprofit work came? Was your experience going through that? Yeah, so I went to the, it's no longer there, but I went to the Eisenberg Boys and Girls Club. And uh, and uh, I was a member there for um, years on the west side of Chicago. Uh, but I think where the real passion came from, uh, when I was a student at Malcolm X College, uh, I was broke. And I remember uh, this guy named Stan Burton. Uh, was, he was one of these pretty guys who was always singing. The ladies loved him. At this time, I was dating a, a, a woman uh, that was uh, sought out by a lot of people. I would put it that way. So I thought he was, you know, just trying to uh, impress my girl. So he was, I work for Boys and Girls Club. Why don't you come and, you know, volunteer? And I was like, yeah, whatever. And uh, so my uh, girlfriend at the time was like, well, you should try. You know, it doesn't hurt to just go volunteer. And I ended up going and uh, I loved it. It was uh, just a great experience. I ended up volunteering for about six months at the John L. Yancey Boys and Girls Club uh, out in the uh, south side of Chicago, like uh, near the Inglewood uh, community. And I ended up volunteering for uh, six months. And that's when I knew uh, that I wanted to work with kids for the rest of my life and that I could be a nonprofit leader. So I ended up volunteering there. They hired me part-time and I became a program director. And then I think what really hit me, um, the year I became uh, a full-time director, my mother died and we didn't have uh, insurance to bury, bury her. And it was a uh, vice president by the name of Marianne Hughes, who is now CEO of uh, a Boys and Girls Club in Chicago. Um, heard that I didn't, that we didn't have the expenses to bury my mother. And I remember uh, the Boys and Girls Club team bringing me in the office and handing me an envelope full of cash. And, um, and I just got to just tell you, I just knew then uh, just some of the, the trauma and things that families uh, deal with. And for them to uh, do that for my mother, I just felt um, indebted you know, to the organization. And, uh, and that's, that's why I work for Boys and Girls Clubs. That is incredible. 
so you you did spend some time out in Philadelphia, correct? I did, yeah. Yeah. What were you doing out in Philadelphia? So uh, when I worked for uh, Chicago Public Schools, so I left Boys and Girls Clubs of Chicago to work for the superintendent of uh, Chicago Public Schools. So uh, he went to the CEO of Boys and Girls Clubs. <laughs> he didn't even come to me and said, uh, uh, I need Michael Johnson to run our after-school programs for Chicago Public Schools. And I remember my, uh, my boss's boss's boss coming to me and saying, hey, when the daily administration call, uh, you got to answer that call. So I said, are you firing me? And he said, I'm not firing you, Michael. I'm just saying that um, if they're reaching out to you, take the call. So I took the call and I ended up going to uh, a movie with Paul Vallis and there's this famous pastor on the south side of Chicago named Father Flager. Uh, so we went to uh, a movie and then I went to dinner uh, with Paul afterwards. And, uh, and he offered me the job. And so uh, he ended up staying that role for about a year and a half. He went to Philadelphia, I followed him to Philadelphia. And that's where I really uh, got a lot of my supervisor experience. Uh, he put me over 2,500 people. And at first I was really frustrated with him because at that time, all of my experience was after school programs, uh, youth development, and he decided to put me over. Uh, a bunch of cleaning people and facilities. And at that time, I was one of maybe five black people that he had brought in. He had brought in maybe about 10 or 15 white folks. So I was like, God, why is he putting me over cleaners? Like, what Like, what am I going to learn? That's not what I want from for a career perspective. And that was some of the best experience, oh my God, I ever gained. I ended up, you know, working with unions. I ended up um, uh, just learning so much, dealing with, you know, alders, dealing with elected officials, uh, the politics of, you know, capital uh, campaigns and dealing with constituents in every neighborhood across, whether it's North Philly, West Philly, South Philly, um, all those environments are just very, very different. And it was an amazing experience. So I think I was there about five years. He ended up going to New Orleans, wanted me to serve as his chief of staff, of uh, New Orleans Public Schools. And I remember saying yes to him right away. And my wife put the brakes on that and said, we're not moving to New Orleans. Um, I just can't do it. And so when your wife tell you you can't go, you don't go. Uh, and I made my way, I think from there, I went to go work for the YMCA. I became a, a vice president for them. Then I ended up going back to Philadelphia to run park, uh, to run parks and recreation. And then 12 years ago, Boys and Girls Clubs hired me as their CEO. Yeah. What was the experience like of transitioning to Boys and Girls Club in Madison? And what really brought you to Madison? Yeah, it was interesting. It was a, a firm by the name of uh, QTI that hired me. and uh, Or they were the search firm that sought me out. And I remember... I thought QTI was like a painting company. And remember, I'm the, the uh, deputy commissioner of operations. So I'm thinking QTI, it was always people calling, trying to sell us something, right? Mm -hmm. And I remember they kept calling. I think I was quoted in a newspaper uh, saying that, uh, you know, if the mayor didn't win re-election or something, that I would probably run a Boys and Girls Club somewhere in the United States. And, uh, and I don't know if they got a Google alert, but I remember them reaching out to me 
And uh, I and and my assistant was like QTI, the QTI group keep calling her, but they wouldn't tell her what they wanted. So I didn't take the call. So one day um, she was off and I ended up answering the phone and a lady by the name of Paige, I can't remember Paige's last name, I think it's Goldner, called, uh, told me about uh, Boys and Girls Clubs of uh, Dane County. And uh, I met Mary Berg there and they had showed me this interviewing process and at first it kind of turned me off. They were doing like three days of straight interviews. They were bringing in seven candidates from across the country. And I was like, for this little big, small organization, I run a $30 million enterprise. I'm not going through all that. And uh, and so my wife was like, why not? You know, uh, my wife did not like Philadelphia. It's not that she didn't like the city. She, um, she had made a deal with me and said, all of our family is in the Chicagoland area. And she said, we can move anywhere in the Midwest. But it's important for me to be close to my mother. And um, so I applied. Uh, they offered me a job, literally. Uh, they were supposed to make a decision in like two weeks and offered me a job right uh, on the spot. And I took it because it reminded me, the Taft Street Boys and Girls Club reminded me of the Eisenberg Boys and Girls Club. Uh, they had some significant structural challenges that they were dealing with you know, financially. And I felt like Madison was a big enough and a small enough city that I could come here and make an impact. And that's why I took the job. And make an impact. You've, you've definitely done that. Uh, in, in the time that you've been leading the Boys and Girls Club of Bain County, um, you've significantly increased the amount of um, fundraising that has, has come in. Uh, the programs uh, that are available are incredible. Can you talk about the growth you've seen through the Boys and Girls Club? Yeah, we're the, uh, I believe we're the fastest growing Boys and Girls Club in the United States. We've grown from serving about 1,800 kids to about 7,000. Uh, we've grown from about a, a dozen employees to uh, uh, close to 200. Um, we've expanded from the city of Madison to the city of Fitchburg, city of uh, um, city of uh, Verona to uh, Sun Prairie to uh, Walworth County to uh, running the largest college preparatory program and becoming the largest uh, partner uh, with MMSD, helping thousands of black and brown and uh, low-income kids graduate from high school. We have staff that now work in colleges and universities that are signed at Madison College, Edgewood College, uh, UW Madison, to make sure that our kids are persistent. Uh, we're launching a new campaign right now uh, to teach kids how to become uh, plumbers, carpenters, um, electricians, entrepreneurs. Uh, and this is going to become uh, the largest youth workforce center uh, in the United States for uh, Boys and Girls Clubs of America. And so um, we just try to uh, bring people together to raise resources um, for kids uh, and to build facilities for them that's going to support their well-being. And now we're an organization that's going to help kids go to college. Uh, we're going to help kids become entrepreneurs. Or we're going to help kids go into the trades. And that's what we're about at Boys and Girls Clubs. That's really great. Can you talk about how that change happened with, with you and uh, the people that work with you, the board? How did you build those relationships and network and, and get the, the funds and then to work to develop and expand that? Yeah, I give it to Mary Burke. You know, when I first started 12 years ago, she had put together a list of a couple of hundred people. Uh, her and the board wanted me to meet. I didn't know one person when I moved to Madison. I remember 
Um, driving from uh, Philadelphia, getting on a belt line and saying, whew, I'm in a new city. And uh, and just really just asking God for grace that I could learn and make a difference here. And uh, and so I think meeting um, that, uh, I think it was like 375 people, probably was more than that. I think it was more like 400. Like my first six or seven months, I was just meeting with everybody, elected officials, parents, community leaders, and that really, really helped give me a good understanding of this community. Secondly, um, I would say that um, we had some financial issues that we, you know, within six months, we probably wouldn't have been able to make payroll. Uh, so I knew I had to build a strong board and uh, started working with Mary and the team to uh, put together a strong board of directors. And that has evolved over the years. And I think we have one of the most, I think, influential boards uh, um, in Dane County, close to 100 board and committee members that help us do our work every single day. Then I would say um, you look at the diversity of our leadership team, the diversity of our management team and our staff. It reflects the community that we serve. You see black people, you see white people, you see LGBTQ, you see you see straight people, you see Christians, you see Muslim. I mean, the fabric of our organization and the diversity of our organization is just amazing. And I think that has really helped us grow and have helped us uh, impact our kids' lives in a very positive way. Absolutely. Uh, so you, this is your second stint here at Boys and Girls Club in Dane County. You, you left for a short period of time and went to United Way. Uh, in Cincinnati, uh, and then eventually came back. Um, can you talk about the experience of leaving and then um, coming back to Madison and, and diving right back into the community? Yeah, so I would say I'm, I'm kind of thankful that I ended up leaving. I had always had this aspiration to be the president and CEO of like Boys and Girls Clubs of America or YMCA of America or Big Brothers and Sisters of America. Um and that, that had always been like playing in my mind, right? But I knew I didn't really want to take on a role like that until I was in my, like, I would say mid. So I'm 40, I'm 46 now. And I said, by the time I'm 55, I want to run like a, a national organization. But I knew I had to go from like Boys and Girls Club at the time, I think it was $6 million when I left. I know you can't go from like a $6 million, even though like in the school district I was managing, uh, you know, $50 million budget. I knew on the nonprofit side that to go to a role like that, I had to go from like a $6 million to like a $50, $60 million organization. So United Way reached out to me. They were in the final stages of their interview. Um, and I went and met with uh, like all these CEOs of like the major corporations in town. And they offered me a job on the spot. And, uh, and I didn't accept it for about, I think it took me about a month to accept it. And I struggled because I remember um, the Boys and Girls Club board did everything they could to try to keep me here. And then the community did a, um, I was having a going away party and I thought it was going to be like, they had told me it was going to be like in a little uh, like bar area and I get there and it was 600 people there at the Edgewood Hotel in the Grand Ballroom. And I remember going back to uh, my hotel room with my wife and my kids, and I just I cried, and I just didn't know if it was the right time to leave. So uh, I'm a month in at United Way, and every weekend I kept finding myself here in Madison. Uh, Madison 365 had a, um, 
uh, Wisconsin Leadership Summit. I spoke there. Uh, Tim Metcalf had some stuff that was going on at uh, in Dork County. Uh, I was with him the following weekend. I was with Chris Fortune, the CEO of Sarah Cycling. And, and my wife was like, you know what, Mike, if, if you're going to be in Cincinnati, you got to spend time with people there. And, uh, and, and I think it was a good board, good organization. Uh, but in my role here, Boys and Girls Club, I'm what I would call an entrepreneurship CEO, right? I do the hiring, I do the firing. I lead and follow our board, uh, and I make I get to make the decisions. Um, this, the the United Way, at least in that city, is a very very different structure, uh, and so it just it just didn't work out. And I remember calling and uh, having a conversation with um, uh, this, uh, the chairman and CEO of American Family. So I was going to take a job with American Family, and then. Uh, I had wrote a letter to the board and somehow somebody leaked it to uh, the press in Cincinnati. And then everybody in Madison found out that I was leaving. So my board shared the time called and said, you know, would you take your job back at Boys and Girls Club? We uh, haven't found anybody yet. And so uh, I remember calling her back, Jenny Santek. I said, if the board uh, take a vote and if it's unanimous within 72 hours, I'll come back. They had an emergency meeting. They took a vote. It was unanimous. And, uh, and I came back and that was three years ago. That's awesome. It's, it's so great to have you back in Wisconsin. The impact you've made, uh, in your time here is great. And I'm glad you're, you're back and, uh, continuing to make that impact. Thank you. Um, I appreciate it. Yeah. Can you talk about some of the core programs you have at Boys and Girls Club? Yeah. Our biggest program is Abbott Tobbs. Abbott is advancement via individual termination, uh, tops is Teens of Promise, um, and the whole goal is to help kids of color graduate from high school and go to college and, and, and make sure that they can read, they can write at proficiency, and they don't run through the issues that I ran through when I went to Creek Year High School on the west side of Chicago. We're very proud of this program. Um, we have staff that work in the schools with teachers. I think we're the only nonprofit that have paid staff working in the schools during the school day to help kids graduate from high school. So that's our biggest program. Uh, our second largest program is our after-school programs in Sun Prairie, uh, South Side of Madison, and uh, Allied Drive, and also in Walworth County, running traditional after-school program, whether it's sports, educational programs, tutoring programs, uh, social and health programs. Uh, and then the third one now is our workforce center. Um, that is going to be trailblazing. Uh, we've uh, started construction uh, two days ago uh, since we've uh, launched this campaign, the International Builders Association and Boys and Girls Clubs of America on May 4th, May 5th uh, in Chicago that our national conference is going to roll out this initiative in 20 other cities uh, because of what we've done here uh, in Dane County. And so just really, really proud of that. We also have done things outside the box that you don't typically see Boys and Girls Clubs doing. So over the years, when there have been hurricanes in other cities, you'll see us raising money to help kids in other parts of the country. Um, you've seen us during the holidays give away cars, purchase homes, uh, help purchase homes for uh, for families um, in need. And these are not funds that come from Boys and Girls Clubs. These, we challenge the community to step up. You know, uh, and then even uh, we've helped start organizations like the Focus Interruption Coalition, when you see all the crime happening in our city. 
Uh, we helped to uh, host town hall meetings, led that effort, put together a plan, and the city council unanimously voted to adopt some of the principles from this 15-point plan uh, that we put together. And just this year, uh, we lobbied the legislature to put a statue of Bell Phillips up at the state capitol, which will become the first African-American woman to have a standalone statue at any capital um, in the United States. And so we um, led that effort, um, uh, put together a statewide coalition. We worked with the governor's office, but we also worked with the Republicans to uh, make that a reality. And now kids, 100 years from now, will see a statue um, that of a Black woman who, has, who was the first Black woman to become a judge here in the state. She was the uh, the governor for a day in Wisconsin. She was the first Black student uh, to graduate from UW Law School, first Black woman older. And this is a lady who did this during the civil rights uh, movement. And just really, really thankful and privileged to, um, to uh, be able to help lead that effort and to make that happen. Yeah, very well deserved. For Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. Um, so I want to dive a little bit deeper into the the workforce center, the McKenzie Workforce Center that you're you're building. It is a, a trailblazing effort that you're putting together. Um, you said you you just broke out ground a couple of days ago, um, and you're looking at uh, having people learn some skills for the trades and things like that. Can you just describe just a little bit further about what what the goal is for that? Yeah, so our goal is to raise thirty five million dollars to build a state of our facility, look just like um, UW Madison. Um, and so uh, the building will probably be around you know, $10 million all in with construction and furniture and equipment. And I'm hoping uh, that we'll probably get a couple million dollars for startup costs. And then I'm hoping we'll have 20, somewhere between 20 to 23 to 25 million in an endowment to be able to fund uh, this initiative in perpetuity. Uh, what I don't want to do is have us raising the money every single year, have a chicken dinner to raise $200,000 to be able to sustain it. The endowment will, uh, if we're successful, when we're successful, uh, will help us um, uh, uh, have the infrastructure to sustain the program in perpetuity. So, for example, we raised $20 million, 5% of that, you know, $1.5 million, you know, a year that will be there forever uh, to support uh, this initiative. So in about nine months, uh, we raised about $24 million. Um, so we still got about $11 million to go. And I'm hoping by the time uh, in the next two years, we would have secured, you know, all that funding. And very, very thankful that we've had about 4,000 people contribute um, so far towards this campaign. We'll be working with um, uh, Alan Branch is our new VP of Workforce Development. Uh, Stephanie Johnson is our new Assistant Vice President of Program and Curriculum. The two of them will be managing the Workforce Board, managing curriculum working with partners like Madison College, Big Step, who's going to be our anchor partner, the Madison Area Builders, uh, I mean, our anchor programming partner, and then, Mad then the Madison Area Builders Association is our anchor partner who's been with us every step of the way. And then we named it after um, John McKenzie, uh, uh, who was really the, the, uh, the, uh, the, the brainchild of behind this whole thing. Uh, I remember about five, six years ago, maybe seven years ago, I was trying to get a donation for him to give one of our kids a scholarship. He ended up giving us $100,000. Uh, and I think that's the largest uh, singular scholarship ever given to a student from a nonprofit organization in Wisconsin. 
And so he donated that. The young lady has since graduated from high, uh, graduated from college at UW Madison. So he was like, "Look, why don't we build like a workforce center?" And I was like, "I have a hard time raising money for like the stuff that we do now." And and, and while I knew it was the right thing, I just didn't have the capacity. So he said, why don't you come out to Florida and uh, meet with me and my wife? And then so I remember uh, going out there and um, and uh, I got a hotel room and then he called me and said, why are you staying at a hotel? You stay with us. And I was like, oh, God. And, uh, and so I was like, I'm going to spend three days at these folks' house. And I got there and ended up having a blast. So uh, we stayed up all morning, all afternoon, just talking. And it, and it felt like I, I, had, I had known them for years. And I remember getting back uh, on the plane. I didn't really want to go home. I was like, wow, I had a great time. And so I started having more conversations with him. He was a member of MAPA. And so I said, look, we'll put this in our business plan. I'm probably going to need a, a couple of years to line up other donors to put this in our strategic plan and line up my board. And that's how it all started. So he actually gave the first million towards his project, purchased um, the former headquarters of Thomas Fishers. And that's how, that's how it all got started. That's great. It's going to make uh, an incredible impact in the, the Dane County area. Really excited for that. Um, anything else you want to cover on the, the Boys and Girls Club? Yeah, I would just say I'm just I'm thankful um, for, um, you know, our donors, thankful for our volunteers, thankful for our staff. We have such an amazing team of professionals at Boys and Girls Club that uh, I'm just really proud of them. I'm proud of what they stand for, proud of what they represent. Uh, and then proud of some of the young people. I, I guess I'm getting older. Some of the young people who were kids when I started now adults and run programs at Boys and Girls Club. One of, is one of our assistant directors. Another one works for, you know, Avid Tops. One runs uh, uh, one of our team programs. And so it's just really, really encouraging to see uh, even some of our young people. Uh, one is One young lady is at medical school right now. And I had uh, uh, lunch with her a few months ago, and she was telling me how she's going to make five, six hundred thousand dollars a year as a medical doctor. And uh, so just you know, seeing things like that is just amazing. Watching uh, these young people give back to our community in amazing ways is uh, uh, I don't know. I just think I think I want the best. I want. I think I have the best job uh, in Dane County. Now, with all that being said. Um, uh, my job at Boys and Girls Club is amazing, but it's some of the other like community stuff that I take on that, you know, I, I, I've learned that when you're leading, you have to have thick skin. Uh, there will be people who will love you. There will be people who wish I would go back to Philadelphia and get the hell out of Madison. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you'll have that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really cool to see the impact that, that you're making on, on people and have them come back and want to, want to serve, um, and be servant leaders like that. It's really, really incredible. Um, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about your weight loss journey. I have gone, uh, through my own weight loss journey. And so I know, um, you, you have as well. Can you talk about, uh, what you went through for your weight loss journey? Well, I picked some of it back up, man. COVID. So, so did I, so did I. COVID, it's, it's an ongoing challenge, man. So at one point, you know, I think when I first took this job, I had a, 
I had gained about 120 pounds the first year. Uh, Boys and Girls Club didn't have a full-time finance person. Uh, we didn't have a full-time HR person. Um, we didn't have a full-time maintenance person. So I was kind of all that. I was the CEO, the fundraiser, the maintenance guy. And it took a, a toll on my health. And I think I gained about 100 pounds um, the first two and a half years. Um, I was at Boys and Girls Club. Um, and then about three years ago, uh, I had went, about four years ago, I went to the doctor and my cholesterol was uh, 324. And, uh, and I didn't know what that number meant, but my doctor was pretty much like, that's terrible. And uh, so I started doing research and um, I decided, I started doing research. Well, you know, I can't get my cholesterol down. Uh, so I'm not a vegan, but I have not eaten meat in three and a half years. Okay. Uh, so I don't eat meat anymore. Uh, I try to do a lot of bike riding um, and I try to work out. I try to you know do about 10,000 steps a day. Uh, and I try to work out, you know, two or three times uh, a week. So I try to make that a priority, you know, um, you know, in my life. And uh, and I would tell you, my wife and kids have done really, really well. My son has lost about 70 pounds. My daughter has lost about 30 pounds. Uh, my wife, same as me, we go up, we go down. And so now, you know, in the winter, we gain some weight. And then, you know, summer is coming up. Now we'll start biking again. Um, so we've, uh, we, we, uh, you know, we were fortunate. We got some electric bikes. And like last summer, I mean, we were probably riding 200 miles a week. Oh. Uh, we would get out there on Saturdays. Now it's a little easier on an electric bike, but uh, it's, it's, you're still doing work, right? Uh, mm -hmm. But we would be out there for eight hours just biking. We would get up in the morning, go have breakfast, bike, go have lunch, and make a Saturday out of it. And so, uh, and then I, I remember going back to the doctor a year later and and all my uh, all my blood work came back all normal ranges, and uh, and so I just I've just learned that when you do this got this kind of work, it's very stressful mentally, physically, uh, and I would say I'm still a work in progress. Right, um, I used to be a six X um, in shirt, you know, and now between a two and three X. Right now it's a three X. Um, at my slimmest, I was like a one X big at one point. I was like, oh God, I gotta get back out there, you know, on that bike. But, um, but I, I would just say it's a journey, man. And, uh, I would say that one of the challenges I face now that I don't eat meat, I picked up a lot of carbs, right? So I'm finding myself eating a lot of carbs. I got to figure out, you know, that right, um, that right balance. Yeah. Did you find, I found this when, when I was going through my weight loss journey, I lost a hundred pounds in a year. Uh, I've picked up about 10 of them, but, um, what I've, what I found is losing weight helped every part of my life. I felt like a better father, husband, yes. employee. Did you have similar? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I would tell you, uh, these last three years have been my most productive years. Uh, uh, from, you know, I, I don't know, man, it's just when you're healthier, your spirits are better, you have more energy. And, uh, and I would say absolutely no doubt about that. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So I'm going to transition to some other questions, but I do want to ask, uh, if people want to support the, the boys and girls club of Dane County, what's the best way to do that? Um, call my cell phone number. No, okay. Uh, <laughs> Call 257-2606 or go to www 
bgcdc.org. But in all, all seriously, if somebody truly wants to talk to me, you can call our office. Uh, and I always return my emails. Uh, um, um, so just reach out to us. We, we're active on social media. I'm active on Facebook and LinkedIn. Uh, and so we're always looking for volunteers. We're always looking for people who can contribute their time, their talent, and their treasure to support um, young people in our community. Great. I'll make sure to put that information in the show notes as well. So, um, all right. I have some, some more fun rapid fire questions around the state yeah, of Wisconsin. So- and then I, a couple, couple wrap ups. So, um, first rapid fire question, uh, what's your favorite restaurant in Wisconsin? Oh, that's a good one. Um, so there's this, uh, vegan place, uh, right across uh, green. I think it's called rain. Owl. I love eating there. Nice, nice. Uh, what's your favorite event in Wisconsin? Uh, I love going to Badgers games. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting when I moved here in Packer games. When I moved there, I was a Chicago Bears fan. And Tim Metcalf, uh, who owned Metcalf Market, actually turned me out. I was like, God, why is all these folks out here in this cold tailgate? They are crazy. I would never, ever do anything like that. And then guess what? A year later, I'm out there with them having fun. And so I enjoy going to Packers games. I enjoy tailgating. I enjoy going on the Badger games, Um, but I also enjoy our bike trails here. Madison has some very beautiful uh, bike trails. So I love getting out and uh, and biking with people uh, on our trails here. That's great. Last rapid fire one for you. Where's your favorite place to hang out in Wisconsin? Oh, that's a good question. Um, my favorite place to hang out. Man, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, it's the bike trail. <laughs> <laughs> it, it probably sounds, uh, it probably sounds uh, like, oh, my God, this guy ain't got no life. But I love bike trails, man. I love being out there on the trails, um, you know, with people. I love uh, restaurants and, you know, hanging out at the various restaurants, you know, um, you know, in town. And then I would say, um, uh, let me see another place outside of sports. Yeah, it's really sports events, the bike trails, uh, restaurants. And the other thing that I, I, I would say that I do like was therapeutic for me. And that's probably why I like biking. Uh, I have now since gotten to uh, like gardening and stuff like that, right? And I think part of it, um, I'm just wired that I'm always thinking about the next initiative, the next fundraiser, uh, how we can help people. And the only way I can sometimes turn it off is to either go get a massage or to do gardening work or to go uh, bike riding. That's the only way I can turn it off. And uh, and those things have become therapeutic and good for me. And spending time with my kids. My son is um, uh, now in the music business. Uh, spending time with my wife, spending time with my daughters, and, and, uh, and really just enjoying them. And so that's kind of what I do. Yeah, that's great. I mean, if you're willing to spend eight hours on a bike, I'm sure the bike trails are probably, probably a pretty fun place for you to hang out. <laughs> It, it really is, man. It's uh, 
And it's a lot of things to do like along those trails. Like we'll make a day out of it, right? So it's like go get some coffee, go biking, go get lunch, go bike. Oh, and I also love going to the movies. Uh, I am a movie buff. Uh, so like that's another day that's like get my mind off things, go see. Um, so I usually go to the movies in Sun Prairie. I really love that theater, you know, out there. And so uh, um, that's a, that's a little bit about my born life. <laughs> what what kind of movies are you into? Comedy, drama? Uh, everything, man. No, oh, so that's the other thing that I love. Uh, I love comedy. I go to comedy shows all the time. Uh, so sometimes I go to uh, comedy shows in Chicago. I go to comedy show on State Street. I love comedy. And uh, and so uh, back to the movie question, uh, pretty much I do all kinds of movies, man. Uh, it's interesting as I've gotten older, I used to watch TV all the time, but I, unless I'm going to a movie, I can't sit still and watch TV anymore. Uh, I don't know what that's about, uh, but I just, I just can't sit in the house and watch TV. So I gotta go to the movies uh, to uh, watch TV. Awesome. All right, I had two more questions for you. Um, so you're born and raised in Chicago. Uh, you eventually moved to Madison. How has Wisconsin helped shape you into who you are today? That's the best place I've ever lived. Um, you know, I, you know, I, so the only thing I would wish, I wish Wisconsin, had, uh, uh, the weather sometimes in the winter, uh, can be brutal, but I've met some really good people here, met some lifelong friends, uh, um, uh, Met a lot of great families that I, I would say uh, that uh, are now part of my family. Uh, I've worked with some uh, and continue to work with some great colleagues and volunteers uh, at Boys and Girls Clubs. And I would say I've learned a lot too uh, being in this role, right? So people think, you know, you're a CEO, you know it all. A lot of times we don't know Jack Diddley. And uh, and so I just learn every day from, you know, from different people and their experiences. And it really helps shape, you know, my thinking. It helps shape how I lead. And, uh, and Wisconsin has been, it's been great for me. Now, we have our fair share challenges. You know, you look at whether it's the achievement gap, the incarceration of Black men in our state, the suspension rate of Black boys health disparities, those are things that are all real, right? But I uh, but I would say maybe because of the role that I'm in, I get to meet so many different people from every you know, walk of life, um, that it has really just helped balance me and helped me, you know, I can go and talk to people on the streets who may be affiliated with gangs or drugs, and I can go and meet with somebody who's a multimillionaire uh, to an elected official, to a grassroots community leader. I feel comfortable uh, being in all these different circles uh, in Madison. And, and, and that's not something you can do in every city. Absolutely. All right, last question for you. It's kind of a big question. Um, when all is said and done, what kind of legacy do you want to leave behind? Um, I'm hoping 20 years from now, um, that there will be thousands of kids in Dane County who said my life changed because of the Agatops program. I'm hoping um, a dozen years from now uh, that um, the building trades uh, uh, and that sector say because of Boys and Girls Clubs and our partnerships, um, that more women, more people of color, 
uh, are in the trades because of what we created um, in Madison and that, uh, that, uh, that is escalated in other cities across the country. Uh, if those two things happen and my kids grow up to uh, become productive uh, adults uh, and my wife stay married to me, um, that's what I want my legacy to be. That's great. You're doing an incredible job uh, striving for that. And uh, I, I know you're definitely going to get there. So uh, anything else to add, Michael, before we wrap up here? No, I'm honored. I appreciate you uh, having me on. I'm uh, looking forward to seeing uh, some of your other segments and just um, honored uh, to be a part of your show today. Well, it was an honor to have you, Michael. You keep making the impact you are uh, in Dane County and in the surrounding area. So thanks again for joining Wisco Legacy. All right. Thanks, man. Incredible episode with Michael Johnson. Michael, I really appreciate you joining Wisco Legacy to talk to me about the journey that led you all the way to the president and CEO of the Boys and Girls Clubs of Dane County. You are doing truly inspiring work. Uh, I appreciate everything you're doing and so do the, the people around Dane County and the surrounding area. So keep it up. If you want to donate to the Boys and Girls Clubs of Dane County, hit Look at the show notes below. If you're on Spotify, Apple, or YouTube, or any other platform, you should see the information down below. Uh, please donate. Michael's doing some incredible work with uh, his staff and the board at the Boys and Girls Club, so go check that out. If you like this podcast, head on out to Apple Podcasts and rate and review us out there. Uh, you can follow us on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Also have a website, wiscolegacy.com. If you have a story to tell or if you know of anybody who would be fun to talk to, uh, you can fill out a contact form there or email me at corey at wiscolegacy.com. As always, appreciate everybody tuning in to this episode of Wisco Legacy.